The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Little uh, scheduling adjustment. Bowler was scheduled to join us at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. He's going to join us at 5.30. Just moving Bowler around a little bit. Uh, so we'll get to what's going on here in uh, in one second. Um, Hanson Scott, he had a chance to chat with David Locke, so we'll hear what uh, what David had to say. But, Gordon, have uh, and maybe this is a minor thing. I don't know if anything comes to, uh, to mind. But have you ever made a decision that you came to really regret? Like something <laughs> that cost you? Like maybe, maybe it was like, a buddy came to you with an investment, and you said, oh, the time's not right, and then all of a sudden, you know, it takes off or something. Maybe it's something little. I don't know. Have you ever had something where you made a made a decision, and then, you know, little time down the road, you're like, wow, that was the wrong one? You know, Jake, I probably have, but I forced those things from my memory. Oh, <laughs> you wiped that clean? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. Why? What you got? I don't know. I'm trying to think if I have an example. There, there's an example here from the world of sports with some breaking news that we'll get to in let me let me think on that. If anybody else has some maybe examples, maybe it was not washing your hair for four months. Yeah, but that didn't have any consequences, as far as you know. Yeah, as far as I, I know, I've lost a few friends. So let's flip back to mid-season last season, okay. Gordon, where uh, the Lakers offered Dennis Schroeder an extension on his contract, and he four years, eighty-four million dollars, and he turned him down. He passed. He said, "Nah." Going for more than that. <laughs> Going to get paid. Well, Dennis has just signed a deal with the Boston Celtics. It will be a one-year deal for the $5.9 million taxpayer exception. Yeah, that's a bit of a letdown, I'd say. About $80 million bucks. But maybe he'll... How old is Dennis now? He's still got some years, right? He's the same age as Trey Burke. Because yeah, they were so drafted that same time. Yeah, he's probably so, like early 30s. So he may have an, still have an opportunity to, to build his career back up and to get a good deal after that. But it's an awful lot of pressure on him that otherwise he would not have had to face. But he had that money. It was there for it him. It was there. Mm-hmm. Now you just threw a bunch of what-ifs at us. He's 27. Oh, he's younger than we thought. But still... He's got time. That that dough was on the table. Do you fire your agent? Yes. Was it, it George Hill's agent? That's what that's what happened to George Hill. We remember he passed on an exception or an extension with the Jazz, and then the free agent market wasn't quite what his agent let him believe. And remember, he fired his agent right before free agency began because he he got kind of an idea of what's out there. He's like, oh, that was a bad idea. The closest thing I can think of to something like that now that I've thought about it, there, Jake. Is uh, I <laughs> I made an offer on a house in California that I really really liked. Lisa and I did, and our real estate agent at that time, who we trusted, but she made a mistake. She told us not to go any higher than a certain point, and I really liked the house, and so she couldn't measure how much I liked that house. 
And so we went as high as she said to go, and then we didn't get the house. Well, if I had gotten that house, I would have stayed in that house for my entire time in California and been totally happy. Instead, we made another, uh, an offer on another house, and we got that house. It was about the same amount. And when we sold that house, I pretty much more than doubled my money. But it wasn't the house we really wanted. And so at one point, after a number of years, we bought another house. And that house was more expensive. And so we bought it. And then when we went to sell that house, it, the housing market there went into a slump. And so I lost a lot of money. And I would not have lost that money. I would have lost a fraction of the money, but not that much money if I had gotten the first house I really wanted. See what I'm saying? No, I get it. I get it. So <clears throat> we're talking 80 million bucks? <laughs> oh, North. North of eighty million dollars. No, bed no. For 80 but in mil. my world, it was it was. No, it, it felt this, like it. This is a good example. Sure, yeah, I get that. It's I a just long example, but a good one. I thought I'd just drop the eighty million crack in there. No, that's exactly what I asked. Yeah, I think we all have those it, moments it, in one way look, or another, right? Eighty million is very steep, and uh, yeah, I I I do not know Dennis Schroeder, Schroeder. But I imagine he's probably not very happy about that. No, that's... that's One of the top Google searches today is, who is Dennis Schroeder's agent? Not employed who anymore, it? that's who. It's Atamala Akwagala. Hire a good agent, kids. Uh, how do you say this? Uh, Atamala Akulawa, former German basketball national player. See, I, I understand a little bit of what was happening there, because I thought Schroeder was going to be really good, and... It didn't turn out uh, that way. He's okay. He just wanted to be paid more than he's worth. Got to be. You got to know the market. Yeah. When you make those decisions, I mean, that's to salvage a serious conversation here for a second. That's an agent's job. Yep. I mean, that's why I, I guarantee uh, George Hill was super grumpy with his agent because you got to know. And if you get an extension coming down, that agent's got to know what your market is going to be if you're going to take that risk. And you can't have an eighty million dollar miss. Yes. That's a biggie. That's huge. And that, yeah, and that's really big because oftentimes, Jake, once we see these players who establish themselves and they make so much more money over a long period of time and something like that were to happen, then you think, okay, that's still a lot of money, but uh, he already got a lot of money. And But Dennis Schroeder, is it, he should be in the prime of his career. He should be making more than $5.5 million. You would think so. But oops. I mean, that's a big miss. It'd be one thing to pass on an extension and still get uh, a nice free agent deal. Maybe not what the extension was you passed on, but to miss it by 80 million bucks. How many years was that? Four. Would have got him to 31. Yeah. 31 years old. And he old. could have signed another deal. And, and maybe Gordon's right. Maybe he has a big year with the Celtics and, and he's in line for another big deal. But that's far from a guarantee. Right. And so it's... it's a, Injuries can happen, knock yeah, on see, wood, all kinds that, of things. That's yeah. why if somebody made me an offer like that, I'm jumping all over it because I'd rather have the security 
than than get a few extra million if if that were the case. Well, if you're if you're Schroeder, one hundred percent, Gordon. I mean, if if you're Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard, you can hire your uncle as your agent. You can you know opt out of a deal when you have a torn ACL and still get whatever deal you want. You know, if you're LeBron James, you can keep signing these one-off deals with Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Because even if you do have a catastrophic injury or a bad season or whatever, every team in the league is going to line up to pay you. You're Dennis Schroeder. You're not Kawhi Leonard. You're not LeBron James. You you would think that an agent would have the self-understanding to be like, okay, we can't we can't roll the dice like that. Right. Exactly. And you're, you were on a, a team that won the title the year before. So, I mean, basketball-wise, you'd think you, you'd be where you want to be unless you really hate playing with LeBron. But I mean, I think I think you've got to be self-aware enough to know, or you have to know the market well enough to know that you can't leave eighty million dollars guaranteed on the table. But That's we, crazy. We, we we don't know all the details, and we don't know what the conversation was like. Maybe 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 Dennis overestimated his own abilities and what the market would be for him. I I don't know who was making what decision. Yeah, but th- isn't that an agent's job? You would think so, but sometimes a player won't let an agent has, do his job. You know, job. get strong-headed, I got that. But yeah. yeah, and you're right, we don't know the situation, but man. Because the agent is leaving money himself on the table when yes. his client does that. He so. can't be too happy about it. Let's uh, check in with Hans and Scotty. Let's do a little what's going on. They had David Locke on giving his thoughts on Rudy Gay. Rudy Gay is really interesting to me as I looked at him and kind of dug into him as a player and just how he's evolved. Like, it seems as though he really, I mean, he's a, you know, he's really like the NBA dream, right? He's 6'8", 220, incredible skills all the way around. He's now 30, can turn 35 here on the 17th. But, you know, like when you built, when they built like a dream basketball player 15 years ago, they built Rudy Gay. Now they now they build him with all the same skills at 6'11", right? And then they're Giannis and Kevin Durant and Anthony Davis. But, like, I loved that line from Lee Jenkins about, I think it was about Anthony Davis. God got bored after creating Kevin Durant and tried to one-up himself and he created Anthony Davis. Like, it before the there was a Kevin Durant, like the perfect NBA player body was Rudy Gay. And so that's what you have is you have this like incredibly versatile player. And it was really interesting to look at his stats because as he's evolved, he's really changed. Like he'll have a year where his assist rate spikes and then another year where his rebound rate spikes. And then another year where like he actually last year took the third most amount of shots per 36 minutes as he took at any point in his career. So, like, in two years ago in San Antonio's assist rate was the highest it had ever been. So I think when he made the comment yesterday that, you know, he, he evaluates the game and looks at how he can help a team and he evaluated Utah and, and how he could help, I think that's what he's talking about is his ability to metamorphosize his game into what the team needs. Um, obviously, the question on him is just going to be at 35, like, this league is brutal and there's just a day where you walk into training camp and it doesn't work anymore. And hopefully that's not, you know, in the next two or three years for him, but it, it happens. And so we saw it with Joe Johnson where he was wildly productive one year and the next year he just didn't couldn't move. And we saw it with Ed Davis where he was productive and then got to us and couldn't play. And so that's the risk at 35 years old. But as a player thus far in his career, he has been able to morph into whatever his team needs. I loved your question to him yesterday, David, asking him about how many minutes he could handle as a big or handle as the five. And he said, well, what are you asking me to do in those minutes? <laughs> because, right. you know, and, and that goes right back to what Quinn Snyder is going to need in certain matchups. And if you're seeing small ball and how he could handle that and maybe how he can transition there. But what, what was your thought on his answer when you asked him that? 
I actually like his answer maybe one after that, it might have been, where he talked about being a basketball junkie. Mm-hmm. Like Quinn Snyder's a basketball junkie and so am I. And I thought that was interesting because when you're so incredibly gifted, often you're not. Like Tracy McGrady was not a basketball junkie, right? Vince Carter is a basketball junkie. And I think Rudy Gay's more in the basketball junkie. And his answer to me was kind of in that basketball junkie ilk, right? Of, well, you got you to ask me more than that, right? Like, I was asking the question because I thought Larry Nance did a really fascinating interview this year where he was asked about playing the five. And he was like, yeah, I can do it for like 14, 15 minutes a night. But, like, when we play Joel Embiid into Jonas Valanciunas into Rudy Gobert, like, I can't do it for 30. Like I, you know, and that's why I was asking the questions. Like, what can you actually physically handle? But then he asked. Then he answered better. Like his comeback was perfect. It's kind of well. well, What are you asking me to do? Am I playing just basically the same thing as a small forward Mm -hmm. in those minutes as a center because we're five wide and just got to go in and rebound? Then I'm fine. If you're asking me to basically, we're saying if you're asking me to guard Joel Embiid, well, I probably got about three minutes before I'm dead tired doing that. (laughs) So I thought like that answer just was, you know, a really good, good answer to. What might not have been that good a question, but more than a question that was a bit nuanced, and he gave kind of a thoughtful answer to it. Uh, he's had wild swings of three-point shooting percentage. Uh, some years... 750. Not the great. The rule of 750, Scott Gerard. Do you know the rule of 750? Uh, remind me. The rule of 750, it was made by Nylon Calculus. It's not mine. I don't want credit for it. It's just great. And that is that you have to look at a player's last... 753 point attempts and that will tell you most likely what his next 753 attempts are now there's some players that have evolved in our league over time but like you really don't know a three-point shooter in the league until he's taken 750 now this was before guys like took 750 in a season but i don't have his basketball reference page up in front of me i don't know if you do um but if you do go find some find the three seasons last probably three seasons for him um, though he was taking seven for 36 minutes, playing 20, uh, yeah, so, probably three seasons, maybe four. Uh, Find he, some number that's rough. To, you know, we don't have to be perfect, right? So it might be 850. What is it? So you've got last year he shot 278. He was at 38%. Okay. year okay. before that he shot 220. He was at 33%. Okay, we're at 500. Year, a year before that you're at 184 at 40%. Okay, we're at six. Whatever. And then the year before that, he shot 118 at only 31%. Okay. All right. So take those four seasons, combine them, and tell me what he shot. And that's what he's going to do for us. You're probably in the 34 range, 35 range. That's not right. great. That's not great. I'd like that number to be up a little bit. Now, okay, but how much, for, how much does or, that number – I mean, because all three-pointers are not created equal. Uh, so, right? with that said, how much – and this is what I think he alluded to. Uh, there are some years where maybe the spacing's better. you got teammates that can get you the ball a little bit better. Uh, the offense is a little bit more fluid. That number is going to be better. I think he that played, number will be closer. In an R, he played in an arcane system that didn't exactly. shoot threes the last two years. Like, well, let's just say it. Like, I know we're not allowed to touch that guy, but let's just say it. Like, their offense is, was, has been arcane for the last two yep. years. And so that's my thought is that he comes to Utah, and he's a lot closer to 38 than he is 33. Um, let's hope, you know, I, I, um, let's hope I I like, I like the rule of, I'm I'm a believer in the rule of 750. 
Um, I generally believe that in basketball evaluation, when you start to believe your system is superior to everyone else's, is when you make mistakes. But you pleaded you, so you're bucking my natural trends of of like how I like to look at the game and evaluate talent. Um, but you're um, you make a good claim. All right, there you go. Um, let's start. Let's go with uh, let's go with Rudy Gay, Gordon. Um, what what do you see his role for this uh, this Jazz team this year? Substantial, but but a little more definitive. I mean, you see him playing twenty minutes a night, thirty minutes a night, ten minutes a night. Uh, positions, uh, I don't know. Whatever we want to take it. What did he average uh, last season? Here, give me a second. I I just I, he's he's a fifteen year veteran, so I wouldn't expect his minutes to be overwhelming. But he will be used, I think, on the reg, and he will be used in specific moments uh, to, uh, to, to keep other players fresh and in specific moments where the Jazz need his particular skill set at both ends of the floor. So he played 21 and a half minutes last year. I could see 11.4 some. points. I, I, I could bet, see something like that. I bet his minutes go down a, a little lot? bit. Not a lot. I bet I bet he's probably more in the upper teens. Just, uh, obviously, just speculating. Do you think it'll um, depend on how other players on the roster are performing night by night, or do you think he'll be kind of carved into a certain role and it will be consistently that way? He'll be carved in, but that's just really the way Quinn Snyder does his rotation. He I mean, does he's, in he's the past, hard and but fast, that's why but. that's why I wonder about him coming in, in in certain situations where the Jazz might be struggling. Uh, where a certain player might be failing at the defensive end, I don't think or missing shots at the offensive end. I don't think Coach Schneider really does his rotations that way, so I don't think that that's what. We'll be. I think he'll get George Niang's minutes, and then I think he'll get some backup big minutes, and maybe maybe even some wing minutes if they want to go big. But I don't know how often they choose to do that. So, I mean, we can look at George. George was probably around, what, 12, 13, 14 minutes? I would expect he'll take more than that. that. But, well, he'll take those, and then if they have to play against a Clipper team, they go small ball yeah. on him. I could see him taking some big backup big minutes there. And then if they wanted to do a, a, a monster lineup, you know, then put him at the wing. Um, those, were, those are the roles that – that's the role I think the Jazz will have for but him. But he's much more versatile than George was. And so, just as you just described, his usefulness is greater. Oh, I don't disagree. Yeah. But that's, that's the role he's immediately taking. I mean, if you're looking at, at what's missing on the roster mm-hmm. right now, that's yeah. the role he's going to immediately take. I think he can add there, too. I don't know how much. But that, that initially is, and he's going to be a big upgrade in that role. Right. And, and that, that, what was, the, you used the word versatility? That's one of the reasons they wanted him. Right. All right, let's get out to the zone phone. Joining us now from Wasatch Medical Clinic, he's our good friend Andrew Reinhardt here to help you. Too many guys, Andrew, have been walking around dealing with this in one way or another for too long. Let's help him out. Too many guys, that's a great way to put it. Uh, So many guys frustrated in the bedroom, so many spouses frustrated as a result, and a lot of relationships suffering. Uh, The stats say that two-thirds of men with erectile dysfunction do nothing, I kind of assume out of embarrassment, but I guess it could be a lot of reasons. Two-thirds, that is a lot of unnecessary suffering. Wasatch Medical, with our technology, the only proven form of wave therapy that opens up and regrows the blood vessels, 
it improves circulation enough that we can finally get you back to normal, guys. Just think maybe 10 or 15 years ago what things in the bedroom looked like. That's what we're seeing here and helping so many couples restore that spontaneity. That's the key word, right, Andrew? Get that spontaneity back. No more planning, no more dealing with the the hangovers and all that stuff. Get the spontaneity back. That's right. On-demand function. When the timing is right, you want to be able to perform. That certainly doesn't exist with the pill or injections. I actually think this is the only technology that treats the root cause, restores on-demand function. It's all about that blood flow, and that is what this has proven to produce. 801-901-8000. That is the number to call. Get on the schedule and get a bunch else for free. That's right. If you want to get the relationship back on track in the month of August, we still can do it. That is a quick window. Call us now. The assessment exam and blood flow ultrasound, totally free. And you can leave your wallet at home, by the way. This is no charge. You'll get that very popular gift, produces powerful results in the bedroom, And if you feel like you need testosterone, the blood work and the actual testosterone is free at Wasatch Medical, and that's an enormous value as well. 801-901-8000, Thanks, Andrew. Thank you, guys. We're going to catch up with Bowler next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. Time to talk NBA free agency and Utah Jazz with Andy Bailey, NBA analyst and writer for Bleacher Reports. So who do you think was more important of an acquisition, Gay or Whiteside? What Gay does is offer some versatility. He'll probably spend most of his time at the four, which is what he's done with San Antonio. I think he has the size and the strength now later in his career to counter some of those small ball lineups. And they can go two through five, really even one through five. Really switchable if you have Mitchell at the one with his wingspan and a bunch of those interchangeable wings flash forward types like Royce O'Neal, Joe Ingles, Bogdanovich, Gay. If you're playing that lineup against the small ball lineup for five, ten minutes, I think you can now counter that punch, which they couldn't really do last season. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Your home for the best college football coverage in Utah. This is your Cougars at 30 update on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. College football update here on the Zone Sports Network. Talking a little BYU football. Of course, the quarterback race continues to be a big story. Kalani Satake lays out what's required of the starting quarterback at BYU. Win. Score points and win. That's that's what it is. I mean, I, I don't know if we need to break it down other than we have the best leader out there that can put us in a position to, to score as many points as we can. Um, and, and that's going to be the bottom line. Score points and win, Gordon. Coach Satake sounds like the type of guy who, was, if he's running a marathon, would knock down all the water bottles <laughs> until so. he got to the last one. What do you know? I don't care what you do. You just got to score points and win. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> this update brought to you by SNS Roofing, your locally owned roof repair experts. For a free quote and for all your roofing needs, call SNS Roofing.
This is The Big Show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson, presented by Big O Tires, with the lowest price on every tire every day. With no credit needed financing options available, Big O Tires, the team you trust. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Let's keep the basketball conversation rolling. Let's get out to the Smart Rain special guest line. It's no mystery. Utah's in an extreme drought. That is why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation smartly. Find out more at smartrain.net. Joining us now is the television voice of the Utah Jazz. He's our guy, Craig Bowler Jack. What's up, Bowler? Hey, Jake. Gordon, what up? Bowler, I, I uh, you know, I thought of you, the entire broadcast team, when I saw the uh, the preseason schedule roll out today uh, for the Utah Jazz, getting things started October fourth. Is it just me, or does that uh, the opening to preseason just keep getting earlier and earlier? Yeah, it's uh, it's an amazing thing knowing that we're still playing summer league in Vegas, knowing we had the Salt Lake City summer league last week, uh, knowing the Olympics just uh, wrapped up with. Gold, America, silver, France, bronze, Australia. And then all of a sudden you're thinking about camp. And then you look at the schedule that came out today and go, really? Uh, two games down in, uh, the, you know, little Texas, uh, you know, double dip and come home and play New Orleans and uh, the world champion Bucks. Man, that kind of got me uh, riled up again. So <laughs> it comes fast and furious. And again, I think that, you know, trying to catch up to what was the way they played and what was the schedule. And uh, I haven't seen the official schedule yet, but I'm guessing 82, right? And I'm going to guess, too, Jake and Gordon, that maybe this time around the league may play games in more of a centralized location for multiple games, like the preseason. You make a stop in Texas, so why not do Dallas and and, or San Antonio uh, and Dallas or Houston or go up to Oklahoma City. Most closer proximity, shorter flights, and I'm anxious to see if that's not the way they're going to work this or not. Well, Laura, I was talking with Jake about this. Uh, since the Jazz made their free agent moves, their odds at winning a championship, uh, according to the Vegas Wizards, actually dropped a little. Yeah. I, I don't understand that. Uh, oh, Jake just tells me it's because the betting public is are morons. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, what do you what do you make of that? Do you, do you feel better about the Jazz now or worse? No, I, I feel uh, that this is a stronger club. Look, that's going to be proven. There's veterans. I think there's versatility, which is the uh, the the word of the day uh, from everyone who speaks about. Rudy Gay and what uh, Hassan Whiteside, despite the fact they are older veterans, I think it's a good mix of youth and veteran uh, play that can give the Jazz options. It gives Quinn Snyder's offense and defense options. And that's something I think was exploited, as we all know, against the Clippers. If you want to play big, you can. If you want to play small, you can. And, you know, you still have shooters, defenders that are available. 
And I, I really think uh, the Jazz did improve themselves. Now, look, how does it all play out? Does the, uh, the core, yeah, they're still together, but how do the other pieces fit? And that, to me, is always going to be an interesting wait-and-see game. But, uh, look, I think people get excited again to know that LeBron is going to go come back healthy with a Russell Westbrook and a Anthony Davis, which personally I don't see working. But, you know, I'll, I'll be wait to prove wrong. But there's, I think the doors are open in the West if the Jazz stay healthy, which is number one. Mike signs his contract. He talked about it yesterday that he's doing all he can to work with yoga, stretching to keep, you know, the hamstring at the highest of levels. And that's going to be key. Not only, I I think we finally kind of understand that 52 wins as great as it was, the wear and tear that goes with that, it really comes down to postseason play. And if you're not healthy, uh, then your chances just fly out the door. Um, and that's what happened to the Jazz. I mean, what if? We'll never know because of Mike's injury and Donovan, who was playing on a leg and a half. But, you know, I think that's the most important thing is that the Jazz still have the depth to keep a Conley healthy. Trent Force has played well in the three games I saw him last week uh, in the Salt Lake City Summer League and as a bookie. Uh, is uh, turning some heads as well. So there's going to be some depth, depth, and I think a lot of options. And back to the, the word of the day, versatility, which is maybe was just the, the one piece lacking in, in many ways last year. So, Bowler, you know, players coming to Utah as free agents, as we know, has not been a huge thing. In fact, players that have had other options coming to Utah has not necessarily been a, a huge thing. There have been few examples in the past, but really not a whole lot. And uh, you know, over the past, well, really a couple off-seasons, we've seen Jordan Clarkson, who had plenty of other options, uh, he elected to stay. Mike Conley certainly uh, could have gone and played elsewhere. He elects to come back and stay. Uh, Hassan Whiteside uh, yesterday said he had an offer to go back to Portland and instead chose to come to the Jazz. Rudy Gobert, if you uh, hear the buzz, or not Rudy Gobert, Rudy Gay, if you uh, listen to the buzz out there, had maybe some other options. He elected right. to come here. How... What does that say about the franchise as it moves forward, that it's got some buzz and that, that, that players want to come here and be a part of it? Well, when you have an opportunity to win, you become uh, a pretty popular, you know, that tells you the impact of, of Donovan, Rudy, Joe, uh, head coach Quinn Snyder, the respect he has. Uh, he met a lot of these players one-on-one as he coached the Western Conference All-Stars. Uh, new ownership, new messaging, and Dwayne Wade, um, versatility in the in the way that they are doing things. Uh, they they're trying to move forward uh, in the state of Utah under Ryan Smith's you know leadership, and I think the word's out. And if you win, uh, it obviously can make it easier. But I think again, it's probably Jake. To be totally honest, is just the fact there's a a, a new attitude. I think amongst a lot of players in the NBA that says, look, you know, uh, we're seeing diversity, uh, and that's something that's so important, and and Ryan means it. And I think he shows it in that regard, too, by bringing on Dwayne Wade as part of his ownership group. And that trickle-down effect now goes to the players. And when you can get guys like uh, Rudy Gobert, 
you can get a Donovan Mitchell, uh, who is obviously a childhood friend of Pascal. Yeah, that helps. But it also is part of the recruiting process that goes on, as we all know, uh, throughout the course of, of, of a free agent, you know, uh, session. And I think we finally are seeing, you know, improvement, movement. And that's a good thing. Really good thing. So, Bowler, okay, we talked about the additions to the team. Let me ask you a question. Based on what you saw out of Rudy Gobert playing in the Olympics and the way he seemed to be able to post up down low and score with a man between him and the basket, how much better sort of organically can the Jazz get, uh, especially their stars, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert? Can they still get better? Will they still get better? Oh, I think they can still get better. Uh, I, I think Donovan still has a high level to hit. I think Gobert continues to work even in his eighth year, going on nine, 29 years old. Uh, look, uh, the guy is a workhorse, and he knows his weaknesses, and he's embarrassed when he doesn't achieve. And that's his motivator. I mean, look, a couple of missed free throws, right? Uh, in the Olympics, in, in, in the late stretches of the gold medal game. Um, those are only mo- motivational moments, I think, for Rudy Gobert. Maybe he's pushed more by Hassan Whiteside, who's a big guy as well, and they've had some you know, alleged issues, uh, but that's going to have to be uh, solved if it hasn't already. Uh, but that's competition. That's being a competitor. And that's the beauty of, of you know getting new guys in to see if they can't push one another. So uh, I'm, I'm a believer, and I'm not trying to look at this through jazz glasses, rose-colored glasses, but I think the jazz are better. But, look, the rest of the, the NBA made monster moves uh, throughout the offseason, and the East is, is really going to be a beast, even more so this, this year. And, look, Clay Thompson back, Golden State. Again, I don't know how you guys feel about Westbrook and him fitting in uh, with the chemistry. I don't think – LeBron's going to take a back seat uh, to anybody. I don't care if if, if he was 40. Uh, so that's going to be interesting to see. Portland stays status quo. Denver still has Jamal Murray, uh, you know, rehabbing the ACL. And you still have the question about Kawhi Leonard. So if the door is open, it's, it's wide open, I think, again, for the Jazz in the West. Muller, at this time of year, are you ready, getting ready for some football? I am getting ready for some football. I wish I was in the booth totally, but that's not the way it is. But I will be uh, a fan, as I always am, of college, uh, first and foremost, and then, of course, of the National Football League. (laughs) Bowler, who's been the best running back since the year 2000? Gordon and I stumbled into this earlier in the show. you have any thoughts? Oh, my gosh. In the NFL? Yeah. Tough. Oh, my goodness. There are so many names. I don't, I don't want to, you know, overdo it with the Chiefs, but I'm thinking of Tyree Kill, who's my slot guy, so he's really not my running back, so that wouldn't even be fair uh, because I'm thinking of speed, catch, yards after contact, that type of thing. Uh, oh, man, I'd say that one blanks me out, to be totally honest with you. I who don't are, know why. Uh, who are the, the contenders? Let's see. Hans brought up Marshall Falk, but that one's kind of a weird one because he did a lot of his damage in the 90s, but he was certainly great. We talked about, uh, who else, Gordon Marshawn Edger and Lynch. James, Marshawn Lynch, Adrian Peterson, LaDainian Tomlinson. Those yeah. were kind of well, the, the big ones. Yeah, Tomlinson was absolutely lightning in a bottle 
Are you talking about just last year, or are you talking about no, over from the last like twenty years? The last twenty. Well, it oh, started because two thousand. It, it started I because mean, Gordon and I were debating over Barry Sanders and Walter Payton, and, well, and it just Sanders, didn't feel like there's been a back like that since then. So no, that's kind no, of Barry Sanders was absolutely so special. Uh, Oh man, we're losing Bowler. Bowler, if you can hear us, we love you. Thanks, thanks for coming on. Bowler, are you there? Finish your thought if if you can hear us. Yeah, I can hear you. Am I back? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Are. You're back. We got okay. you. Okay, and it's traffic. You know, <laughs> I want to trade my phone in. Uh, but no, I, I was just saying that uh, Barry Sanders was one that I just totally had a joy to watch because of his stop and go ability. The strength in his legs was probably. I don't know if there was anybody that had lower body, you know, the gravity. Uh, I mean, he was just right there running at your at, at most defenders' knees, and it was hard to catch him. Um, you know, Tony Dorsett was a glider. Uh, Bo Jackson, when he was absolutely in his prime before the hip, was about as strong as as. And then Earl Campbell now pops into my head. Now I'm going back in time, but if you watch what Earl Campbell was able to do on a, on a game-to-game basis and punish, not only was he incredibly strong and fast, but he punished people along the way. And then you got Emmett Smith, right? You can't you can't throw him in there. Thurman Thomas, you got to mention him as well. Um, man, there's just a lot of backs. But to your point, you're saying who today would rank in those numbers. And that's kind of a difficult one for me to pinpoint because I, I think those backs we just mentioned, uh, of course, most Hall of Famers, but they had a special a special gear, a special uh, durability would be a word too uh, that comes to mind in the way that they were able to, uh, to uh, survive the brutality of the National Football League. They were used differently back then, Bowler. I mean, it was uh, it was a more of a running back oriented game. It was. And yeah, Earl yeah, Campbell, I brought up, I brought yeah. up Earl Campbell, Bowler, and I mean, he was a freaking bowling ball. He he just ran right over people. Well, he ran over people. They were afraid. You know, Jake. He's one guy that I don't know that even Dick Butkus or the Lamb Beers, or excuse me, uh, uh, yeah, my my middle linebacker, the middle linebacker for the. Uh, for the Steelers, I mean, back Lambert. in those days, Jack yeah, Lambert. Lambert. Thank you. I'm thinking Lambert and Lam- Lambert, but those guys, you know, I think very few of those players had fear to tackle a player. But when you look back at some of the video, Earl Campbell punished you, and you didn't want much to do with him, no part of him, and and what's you know, in any any which way. But I don't know if there's, you know, the league has changed where you get spread offenses and you get slots. Like a you know Tyree Kill, the Cheetah in Kansas City, and and you get guys who are able to run routes, cutting routes, wheel routes, whatever you want to say, and make make catches and have the speed to break uh, tackles after contact and, and pick up those monster yards. But just the power backs that we spoke of there, where you just got a a trap play and it's up to them after they touch the ball. I mean, Franco Harris is another name that comes to mind. He was kind of slow mo slow-mo Joe in a way he plays like Joe Ingles, but he still got the job done. And uh, that Steeler team was incredible. Cowboys, uh, Green Bay. Um, but, you know, again, 
that was then, this is now. And the game does constantly go through evolution, right? And someday you may get another power back in the whole mix. I told um, but right now it's, it's speed, man. It's route running. It's uh, getting across the middle and like Tom Brady does all the time. Just hit the guy and let your tight end, too, like a Gronk, uh, a Kelsey, uh, get the job done for you. Thanks, Bowler. We appreciate you as always. Sorry about the traffic. Uh, you know, it's a quick traffic report. Stop and go on uh, Southbound I-15. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Bowler. Hang in there. <laughs> See you guys soon. Take- That's our boy Craig Bowler, Jack, uh, jumping on with us. We appreciate it when he has a chance to. We've got a Ute update next. Uh, stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Utah. This is your Utes at 50 update on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Ute camp rolls on talking Ute offense in this uh, uh, update. Of course, wide receiver always a question how they're going to perform. Jalen Dixon returns to the Utes. He comes back. Coach Witt gives an update on him. He's, uh, like I said, he's a proven commodity in our program. He's uh, he's taking a lot of reps for us, and so he's he's shaking the rust off, and he's back to where he was uh, before he had his departure. This college football update brought to you by Homie. Finally, the way real estate should be. Full service, local agents, and you will save thousands. Homie, a better way to buy or sell. There isn't much that makes Austin Horton angry. Wait, who are we kidding? Almost everything makes Austin upset. This is Austin's airing of grievances. The tradition begins with the airing of grievances. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. All right, time for Austin's list here on The Big Show, brought to you today by the folks at The Warehouse. Join us, The Big Show, out there on Friday uh, from 2 to 6, 1825 South, 300 West in Salt Lake. The Warehouse, price is so low to blow your mind. Austin, uh, of course, Austin Horton, our producer, has an enemies list, someplace you don't want to find your name, yet we put people on it all the time. Austin, who's making the list today? Jetpack guy is making the list. What do like, you do? Like the water jetpacks or like the rocketeer jetpack? Rocketeer jetpack. That's a thing? Jetpack guy. This is a guy who, for several uh, months, or uh, a little while ago, was... More or less terrorizing uh, runways and air traffic. He's back. The FBI has alerted uh, people in uh, Los Angeles, quote, use caution, the jetpack guy is back. Did you see a UFO? An air traffic controller is asking a pilot. We were looking, but we did not see Iron Man, the pilot responded. Apparently, just real quick, this this man has built himself a a jetpack like Rocketeer. And thinks it's funny to just go flying across the the airfield, the airfield above LAX, and then get out of there before anyone can do anything. Well, Seems well, uh, dangerous. Yeah. Well, I mean, is he is he dodging planes? Uh, not a lot of uh, detail here, other than he thinks it's fun, obviously. Uh, and uh, he, if he were to get sucked up into a jet engine, you kind of go, huh? Right. Well, if I see a 737 or 777 coming straight at me, I don't think that would be fun. That sounds like some. That sounds like something Jetpack Guy would say to throw us off the scent. Mm. Have you been down in L.A. recently, Gordon? I have not. Gordon's uh, never yeah, yeah, been I've... to Southern California. <laughs> Gordon's never been to no, Southern California? No, I Cal? don't think so. Oh, you can get this incredible thing only in Southern California called a dipped ice cream cone. You wow. ought to go just for that, Gordon. Wow. 
I used to chip golf balls into the Rose Bowl you from did? my backyard. I'll, I'll tell you right now that jumped if you, on the bed at the Playboy Mansion. If you've ever, uh, if you've ever gotten stuck in traffic, uh, commute traffic uh, on the 405, you might consider a jetpack too. I lived in California. The 405's a mother. I think it'd be kind of funny to fly up next to a plane, just freak people out. Like just wave. tap on the window. Yeah. Hey. You know there was a uh, there was a show back. What was Twilight Zone? Oh, I yeah, think the that person on the wing. Shatner, yeah, looking out the window at the uh, at the devil out there, uh, you know, working on the engine, trying to tear it apart. Oh well. All right. Let's get out of the zone phone. Joining us now from Wasatch Medical Clinic, he's our friend Andrew Reinhardt. Speaking of, speaking of rocketeers, yeah. <laughs> Andrew, <laughs> let's help everybody out there who might be dealing with ED. Yeah, there are a lot of guys. If you've heard us talk about this before, maybe you thought, you know, this could be for me. I'll wait. You may have noticed the erectile dysfunction gets a little worse. You have to take more and more pills. This is so common, but those days could be over. We have the most advanced and studied form of wave therapy at Wasatch Medical. Kind of looks like an ultrasound machine. It's placed on the skin in our clinic and delivers pressure waves into the blood vessels. Kind of like breaking down a muscle in the gym, we build those blood vessels up stronger. That allows for more blood flow. And we've helped a lot of guys get rid of the ED completely and the need to take the pill. That's key, right? You know, free up that blood flow to get back to normal and get that blood flowing like you used to? That's right. Uh, One of the leading causes of erectile dysfunction is damaged blood vessels and restricted blood flow. Kind of makes sense. And that's what our treatment's correct. Uh, So we're treating the root cause. It only takes a few short 10-minute treatments. There are no side effects. And this is backed by 40 clinical studies shown to improve intimacy, which is a great thing for a lot of relationships. All right. Delay no further. Call 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. Come in and uh, see the doctor and get a bunch for free. That's right. Uh, We're doing the last spot of the day right now. Call us and you'll meet with the doctor for free. He'll do uh, a blood flow ultrasound free. You get that gift that produces powerful results in the bedroom. Guys, love that. And you can leave your wallet at home. There's no obligation to do anything, but it is the first step in getting rid of the erectile dysfunction. 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000, Wasatch Medical Clinic. Andrew, thanks for your work today. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. See you, buddy. 801-901-8000. That is the number to call Wasatch Medical Clinic. More Big Show straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Wrapping up a big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Another action-packed show comes and goes. Gordon, it seemed like we covered a lot of ground today. We talked a lot of NFL, talked a lot of basketball, college football. I like those shows where we kind of kind of get into a lot. Well, we're getting to the stage of uh, the sports calendar where, yeah, we can fire it up a little bit, huh? Have you come to a, a conclusion yet on our uh, our discussion about best running backs in the NFL since 2000? Uh, not really. I don't feel comfortable with picking any one of them. Can I ask maybe, you? Maybe I think I think Austin might have been right with uh, with Adrian Peterson. So let me ask you this: Maybe it's a little different between football and basketball, or even football quarterback and other positions. 
is we didn't take Super Bowl champion really into account at all. We talked a little bit about it with Marshawn Lynch, but yet that seems to be such a, a, a small factor in this discussion where in the NBA, isn't that like, oh, well, that guy didn't win a ring. You know, or with quarterbacks, right? Like, we won't view Dan Marino the same way we view, I don't know, Peyton Manning. Really, were they all that different? And Peyton just won two Super Bowls? Oh, yeah. I think that does factor in. So why doesn't that factor in with the running back position? Maybe they're seen as having less control. But as we talked about a lot, they had a bunch of control back in, back in the day. I mean, Barry Sanders was the whole offense for Detroit, and the Lions never did squat. Didn't they win one playoff game when he was there? Well, that's they, they, yeah. I mean, but we were but, calling but, but him the best had, ever. All you had to do is watch him play, and you knew. But why don't we say that about say Tracy McGrady or somebody like that that never won anything but was an electric player? Tracy McGrady wasn't as good as Barry Sanders. He was what? an All NBA player for a while. Yeah, but not like that. But he was an exciting player. But the knock on him was he never won. But yeah, we don't seem to apply that to running backs. I'm not saying it's wrong. It just seems different than other discussions. I think it's because they have less control. They have less control over the outcome of the game. Because in basketball, you only have five guys on the court. True, true. But uh, but anyway, all, all those names were just fantastic. It was fun thinking back because some of these names, they uh, some of our younger listeners, you bring up an Earl Campbell or John Riggins, and they have either never really been all that aware of them or have forgotten them or whatever. They just sort of get pushed over. Even if you're in the Hall of Fame. By the way, Bo Jackson's not in the Hall of Fame. I thought I read that recently. Um, he didn't play a long yeah, time. Yeah, I suppose. Anyway, uh, you know, they just get pushed aside, and, and, and the next generation might not know that much about. These were great football players. So fun to watch run. You know, a name we didn't ever bring up was Marcus Allen. Well, we were talking about post two thousand. I don't think Marcus Allen's in the same conversation. Well, we as, were we were talking about you know these others who were all time. Well, I don't think he's in the same conversation as Barry Sanders or Walter Payton. He was, yeah, I'll agree with that. But he was pretty fun to watch. All right, Gordo. I'll see you tomorrow, buddy. Look forward to it, Jake. It's the big show, ninety seven five and twelve eighty. The zone.